Turn me on, mate. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the microphone. <laughs> Is that normally how you start foreplay? Turn me on, please. <laughs> I'm not going to engage. I'm talking in that about the microphone, mate. All right. Yeah, but then you then you went somewhere else with it, yeah, and uh, that was inappropriate. I'm sorry. I'm just a bit dazzled by the drive out here, mate. I'm good to be out in the country again. Away from all the COVID. You're not allowed to leave Metropolitan Sydney. Well, this is essential. No one is. This is essential. Well, no, no, no. Metropolitan, you're not. Archie, no, is, this class as, is this class as Metropolitan Sydney or is this still the country? Don't be a smart ass. <laughs> um, Have I broken the law by coming to your house, to your office? No. Sydney siders are allowed to stay within, stay the, within the metro Sydney. area. Greater, and, greater Sydney. And you, as someone who lives in a uh, red zone, are able to leave <laughs> for, for work. Yeah, essential. And essential we get paid services. for this, so this is work. Essential services, yeah. yeah. I know you, the listener, don't pay for it, but yeah, I'm breaking news. We make we, money from we it. We do, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's all about the dollar, the dollars. <laughs> We're not just here to inform and entertain. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but isn't it good to get paid for that? Hey, isn't it, that nice, mate? We've got it's the best nice. life. It's nice that we get paid to do stuff we love. Doing very so well. So we don't work. We don't work a day in our life because we get paid to the number what we of love. people who chime in with doing very doing well. Doing very well, yeah. See someone the someone other volunteered to be your receptionist. Yeah, to see that right? bloke goes, uh, how do I get to be Imagine the pay packet because we all very, know Trevor's doing, doing very, very well. well. That's right. Um, but no, I've, we've had to cancel the trip to go and visit mum next weekend. Oh. Oh. Not allowed, hey, two things. You're not allowed to leave Metropolitan City. That might turn off by then, but the other problem is, um, oh, there's mum on the phone now. Um, the other problem is you got to wear a mask on a plane, uh, on a train, and we were going to catch the train up, and I am not wearing a mask for six hours. You know what you do? I'll tell you what you do, right? You get on the train. Yep. You get a coffee cup like this. No, nah, mate. I'm not going to... And it's empty. I'm not going to flout cup, the law. Empty coffee cup, and just sit there with an empty coffee cup in your hand, and you don't have to wear your mask. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a stickler That's <laughs> for doing things right I, I, by the Me book. too. I, I've got, well, I went to the shopping centre yesterday, and I was had my mask on. It's in my pocket. I've got a little disposable mask. It's in my pocket all the time. Next mm-hmm. to, it's like my hanky now. Hanky, mask, wallet. That's now. That's the essentials. We're not going... I don't I know what episode you need to go back to, folks, but we've talked about hankies. I've Steve is a hanky hanky. man. I always have a hanky. I think it's disgusting and weird. No, but it's not, mate. It's what a gentleman carries. It's a gentleman's thing. It's a gentleman takes a hanky with him everywhere. We've got tissues, mate. Yeah, but... Amazing innovation. Box, do you carry a box of tissues with you everywhere? If I've got a runny nose, I'll, I'll throw a no, few in my pocket. What about if you sneeze? What do you sneeze into? What do you tell me that? I don't randomly you, sneeze. Well, you, well, if you do, what do you do? Just go in the middle of nowhere and then what do you do? Wipe your, no, wipe your nose with your hand or your sleeve or what do you do? These are valid questions, Trev. <laughs> this is another one of those moments where I go... It's a Seinfeld episode, this one. I someone's been... Hanky. In the someone's heard about podcasts and they've downloaded, they've gone to the podcast app. They've got <laughs> click on the purple app. They go, "What do I love most?" Oh, tech, tech. And they look at tech and they go, "Oh, there's some, there's some Aussies. I recognise that bloke. He's from somewhere, and he's from the Today Show." Um, <laughs> that bloke used to play for South. Oh, oh, there's Trevor from the Today Show. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that Mario Fennick? Um, <laughs> and then and Not then the they, first they, time they, they go, oh, two blokes talking tech. This will be good." Yeah. And and they've had three and minutes, three minutes of gibberish of this. Yeah. And and they've turned to their partner and gone. These blokes these are talking about hankies, sneezing, <laughs> and foreplay. Yeah, but breaking hey, news, folks. That's what you get. It's only Thursday night, and come Monday night, you're going to get a copy of the private feed, which yes. will be a whole next level. So that's we should explain again to, that the private feed now is available to all publicly. So it's previ- now public feed. Previously, it used with to an be, explicit tag. Yeah, previously it used to be the first. There was like there was a limited number of people who could get it straight away. Yeah. And then we'd release it a few, sort of a few a weeks, few weeks later, after. Yeah. yeah. But the issue we had was that the people who the, it would be down the list, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't populate yeah. with the current date. And I can see already, the it, it's picked it's, up. It's better. Yeah. Okay, good move. So, so the but, and this is this is why well, we're not committing to this being the long term plan. Yeah. Because if the standard show has an imp- if it has an impact on the standard show numbers. Yeah. Over time, yeah. Because the thing is, we we over like an episode from three months ago has a high number. Um, it sometimes takes people weeks to get to our show, so right. you got to you got to look at over a course of time. So okay. we'll, we'll wait and see. Initial early early signs are positive for the Good. private feed. Good. 
That's what I'm saying. But yeah, but and just another reminder: the private feed uh, is not for the kiddies. So because this the is, the, is this is the kiddie friendly show. We don't swear in this show. If but you, in the if, other one, we get a bit loose. In the if other your show. kids have iTunes and podcasts and they're age rated, they won't they won't get the private because it's ah. explicit. But if you have got the kids in the car and you're just letting it play through yeah, your podcast, be careful. You've private. got to keep an eye out, out. And it's always episode number private and then words with an e. It's also got the explicit tag on yes. it, but you might not see that, that's all. Because that's for Trevor's potty mouth. He likes to swear, Trevor. My, my potty <laughs> mouth? Jesus Christ, have a go at you. We get a bit loose in the private, don't we? A bit. All right, well, let's, um, for those people that have just joined us, we this do talk is a tech. Talk, it is a tech podcast, we promise. Ah, well, I mean, Promise. All right, let's, do the, let's do the tech podcast. Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Not a bad price. With Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Really handy device. And Stephen Fennec from techguide.com.au. Episode 492 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Arlo. We'll tell you all about them shortly. If you're looking for networking solutions and a financial year, good time to buy, uh, whether it's um, routers or uh, Wi-Fi networks, uh, as well as home security from Arlo. We've got you covered with Netgear and Arlo. You know, the TV's on here in the EFTM studio and the air crash investigation's on. Isn't it? It's so much easier to watch air crash investigation now we don't fly every three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a show I used to avoid. but uh, I used now, to watch it all now, the time, actually. Bring it on. Yeah, bring it really? on. Really? Yep. You're don't mind su- it. You're not superstitious at all. Don't though. mind it at all. Well, I'm on, I know the numbers. I'm across the risks. Yeah. So, um, there's a bit more of this conversation coming out from Apple. Uh, Apple are really trying to kind of manipulate the conversation a bit, um, feed the conversation, um, educate the audience around some big changes that look like they might come. Now, the, the, we've talked about the Epic Games lawsuit in America. Yep. Um, that's Epic saying we should be able to charge people our own way and not use in-app purchases. So allow people to use a credit card in the app so that Apple doesn't clip the ticket. And in Europe, there's a, a data law or a digital um, uh, law that's coming in that looks at basically... The freedom and uh, you know non-monopolistic approaches to digital platforms yep. and digital uh, ecosystems, and their the, the potential regulation could mean, and I guess this is the kind of long bow being drawn, but the potential regulation in Europe could mean that Apple is essentially required to allow people to sell apps or um, allow apps to be downloaded without people using the app store. Yeah. So in other words, direct from the developer. To the customer. And, and I'll give you a great example. The and yep. they, they call that, we should explain, sideloading. You've said sideloading. Yep. That's, what, that's the term given to putting your, your apps on your device, not through the Google Play Store or the App Store. Yeah. Now, I'll give you an example of a legitimate form of sideloading that has existed for a long time and only just stopped uh, in Australia on Android devices, Sportsbet. Great app, great business that allows you to bet and throw your money away. Good luck to you. I'm um, on Sportsbet. I have a bit if, of a lash. If you wanted to run Sportsbet on Android, it was not available in the Google Play Store. Get this, because Google had rules that didn't allow gambling apps, right? So to get the Sportsbet app, you had to download the APK, which is an install yeah. file, like an old XE file on a Windows yeah, machine. Yeah. So it's like little, and little you had to tell your phone that it was okay to uh, it. allow um, external apps okay. to be installed, and it would then install the app. I didn't realise that. So is that still the case today? Or? No, the Google has changed, changed and okay. you can now just get the app from right. the Google Play Store. But that that's a really good example of an app just coming into your phone with, with your permission, yep. with Google not knowing about it, Google being the operating system manager. Yep. Apple argues that if you could just go to a website, let's say you could go to EFTM and just go, oh, I want the EFTM app. Mm-hmm. And, and download it and it would just install, Apple would therefore have no ability to approve all the things within it. And those things are, for example, when it, and it comes up saying, we want your permission for a microphone, it might say, because if you want to make a call. But actually, when you approve the microphone, it's listening all the time. Apple mm-hmm. can check that stuff. Apple has staff, human beings, who check the submissions of app developers before they approve them for the App Store. That's important thing to note here is that Apple has come up with this paper, and the timing is not not surprising because of what's going on in Europe and yep. with the court cases. But the whole emphasis of this paper from Apple is is basically the theme of the paper is App Store equals safety yep. equals privacy security, yep. and that they they do mention quite they quote facts about how you're 15 times more likely to get 
malware on your phone if you're an Android user yep. than if you're an iPhone user. They talk about how they they have to approve every single app, app review every single app mm. that goes in the store. And you, and you you know this from your days with VoiceBot. Yep. I know this just from like the EFTM app is just, you know, browsing the bloody website. Yeah. Um but we did we got knocked back two or three times because the page in the app that allowed you to get a uh, essentially a membership code which allowed you to enter competitions they wanted small fine print in there that's basically stated that Apple had nothing to do with the competitions yeah you know so they looked at the app they looked oh, at course, everything yeah, and went oh, no, we want that in there they're very very detailed in in what they look for in fact it was only a couple of months ago where they mentioned the fact that they they, they knocked back they, a lot of like apps. A million a million apps were were knocked back, including apps that were spamming you or copycats of other apps mm. or violating privacy guidelines. So Apple's on the front foot in terms of privacy, security, wanting to keep the platform safe and, and giving customers that peace of mind. And you know what? Let's think about this for a second. Apple's big privacy. Remember at CES when it first happened like three, four years ago, they come up with this thing, iPhone includes privacy or whatever the yeah. billboard was. Um, that was kind of revolutionary. It was like, hang on a minute, they're really putting their, putting it on the line here to save yeah. privacy. It's never been questioned, has it? Like no one's actually found uh, something that they do that isn't with privacy in mind. Yeah. The only thing I've ever heard was that in um, in the App Store, you know, the uh, uh, data and privacy nutrition labels, they yeah. call them. Yeah. Um, the only complaint I've seen through, I think it was through the Epic Games, or was it the ACCC? I think it was the ACCC recommended it. Apple themselves don't need that on their apps. Right. So it doesn't need that on, for example, the calendar app or anything like that. Uh, and also, you can't leave a review for the calendar app, whereas you can for any other third-party uh, calendar right, okay. apps. So yeah. little things like that they could do better, <laughs> yeah. weirdly, but, um, but broadly, they haven't been challenged on that. They really do put it first. And I'll give you another example of why sideloading, from Apple's perspective, and I agree with this, is bad. Mm. If you allow sideload, my kids have iPads. My son has an iPhone. Now, let's forget the little kids for a moment. Let's think about Jacko, the 14-year-old teenager, tech-savvy little bugger he is. Yep. And I currently, whenever he wants an app, he, he says he says requests. And mum and dad get a, get a message, a pop-up that says Jackson yep. wants this app, and I always say yes. Now, if he's allowed to sideload apps, no app approvals, yeah. uh, no in-app approvals. Yep. He might, let's say he gets a call on my credit card and buys one thing. Who's to say they're not going to just charge it every month? Yeah. There's a whole range of things that happen as a result of Apple's ecosystem being ignored. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and look, we've had the App Store, what, since 2008? So it's been around yeah. for a while. And it's kind of been... It's it's like the original store that no one there's, there's nothing else. Think about it. The yeah. app store existed, yeah. and then like Microsoft built an app store. Even yeah. though you've all we, we've yeah. we've had Windows for decades, but then they <laughs> they had to launch an app store. Yeah. Um, Google had um, a way of getting apps, but it wasn't as you know refined as the app store was. And then they they really refined so they the Play, Play Store, store yeah. into what it is today. What, what was it called before the Google Play Store? What was it called before Play Store? Was called was it just called the App Store? Or the well, not App Store. It was, it was definitely called not called the Google Play Store. Store. Was it called the Google Store? No, I don't think it was. I'm gonna look Play it up. Store was was only recently, like a few years ago, introduced, wasn't it? Yeah, that, I mean, did you remember that? What, How did Google, Google's problem is they keep changing the name of everything. Yeah, I know. Formerly hey. Android Market. That's it. Android. What a Market. stupid name. Google Play Store is a stupid name. Yeah. Well, it's close to the App Store, isn't it? There's a store in the name, but yeah. But look, you think about it, the avenue that avenue they've created, and uh, let's look at the upside as well with 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 uh, with the App Store and how it's given developers this 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 huge platform to distribute their apps. Yeah. But on the other side of that coin, though, Apple clips the ticket. So it's 30% yeah. of revenue made yeah. through the thing. So now my question is, does Apple... Like let, let's take the Fortnite example, right? So Epic's yeah. gone to court because they're tired of, of having to hand over 30% of all the in-app purchases, yeah. right? So does that mean that the App Store, Apple, takes 30% of every bet made on Sportsbet? No, because... Do they also have 30% of every... Um, th- but, I, no, I but here's say, the thing. Say Uber Eats, do they hand over 30% to Apple as well? Um, I believe they take a cut, yes. But I don't think it's 30%. Right. And that's that's one of Epic's problems. It's no. different. No, but the re- here's the thing. With Epic Games and Fortnite, you can install it on your PlayStation yep. and you can add V-Bucks through the PlayStation Store. Right. And then you can use them on your iPhone. Right. Oh, so you can skirt it. Yes, if you want. Right. absolutely. Yeah, but, 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 still, Epic, but Epic, you're still paying someone else, though. Like, if you do install the V-Bucks on a PlayStation, PlayStation clipped the ticket. Uh, but Epic can probably make their own way around some of those things. They have a website, right? Yeah. They, they, they can have ways of people loading in V-Bucks. And, right. and, and Apple don't care about that. 
Apple don't have a problem with them having that. It's only the but way Apple they use say the that if you want to use our infrastructure, if you want people to make a payment on their iPhone, it has to be through our secure store system. Yeah. For the privacy and security and protection and of the users. I remember, was it last year, June last year, where they, Epic asked Apple for a, for a, a dispensation? So listen, give us a break with this stuff. Yeah. Apple said, and Apple no, went, you know what? No you, you want access to a billion devices? Yeah. yeah. You got to pay for it. Yeah. Like that's so. And I look at it as a complete idiot, right? Let's say I've got ten thousand people with an EFTM app, and I go, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna create a thing where if you pay two dollars a month, um, you get I don't know something, right? You know, uh, an extra article a month or something that's only in the yeah. app, right? Yeah. And and they have to take thirty percent of that. I'm like, I wouldn't be able to make the money if they didn't make iPhones, and I couldn't re- easily yeah. reach ten thousand people like that. Yeah. Like they're creating the platform. platform. Yeah, that's right. If no, you want I it, mate, if you I want agree. to go and make your own phones and make your own app store yeah. and make your own everything, go for your life. So then why is the European, this European move then, is why do they deem it necessary in that market? Like what makes them thinking, well, we should give developers the right to not be, what was it called, the gatekeepers? They call the big major gatekeepers, yeah. Apple, Google, Microsoft. They're trying, what they're trying to do, as I read it, and let me be clear, I'm skirting the edges of the whole story. I, yeah. I really haven't de- dug into it deeply. But they're essentially like the ACCC here going, you know what, guys? Yeah. Well, you're on notice because there's a few things. Now, the ACCC looked at the App Store and they came up with a bunch of recommendations like the ones I mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's not fair that you can't rate the calendar app one star because you think it's rubbish compared to the one you've got. Yeah. That's not fair. You've got to fix that, folks. But they haven't come out and said that you need sideloading. And I think that while the European legislation doesn't specifically say you need side loading, but the, Apple worries that the interpretation of it will be but thus. It's, it's pointing that way, though, isn't it? That's right. It's pointing that way and to give developers the freedom. Yes, and for people who are sitting here thinking, "Yeah, mate, we're in Australia. Who gives a rat's about Europe?" Yeah, just cast your eyes over how many times you've gone to a website, especially on your mobile phone, and half the page has been taken up by a cookie statement, and you have to agree. <laughs> Do you know why that exists? Because of European GDPR regulation that requires that on yeah. websites that operate in Europe. I don't put it on my website because I ain't based in Europe. I don't care about Europeans. It's not my thing. I care about Europeans. I don't. My parents are from Europe. Yeah, mate, they're, they're, they're Australians, <laughs> mate. They're here. They're Aussies now, but they were born over there. Yeah. Anyway. But the yeah. point is the European legislation will impact us because Apple can't exist in multiple, um, I guess, multiple scenarios around the world. They need one global system. Because yep. otherwise they're just – I mean, yeah. to be clear, they do operate in two because they, they have things different in China. Uh, there are things that are different in China for Apple well, than they are around the world. Okay, but so then Europe uh, would be entitled so to m- maybe put their hand up, maybe they'll roll out an iOS version that's European only that allows sideloading, and then the the people that used to do jailbreaking of phones will get the European version because yeah. they want to have different apps. Good luck to them. But it, it's gonna it's gonna really like I think they also mentioned in this paper that it's gonna create a market for cyber criminals for to to. Yeah. To try to like, you become more of a target if you're let's, not under the protective the protective cover the force field of the app store. Let's go back to open. Operation Einside we talked about last week, wasn't it? You know the the Australian yeah. and the, the AFP and the FBI created an app that's uh, meant to be encrypted, but it's not. Yeah. So with side loading, you've got the potential for apps to be built that say they're encrypted, but they're not. How are you checking and who's checking that? Yeah. So, so someone's oh. got to do their someone's got to see so the due diligence is done by Apple here at the yes. App Store. So yes. they they take they 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 employ hundreds of people to review every single line of code of every app that's submitted. Yeah. Uh, so if that protection is gone, the other the other thing we need to fall back on, and here I I also compare it to your computer. Yeah. I can sideload on my computer all day long. Well, that's what's fascinating yeah. about this conversation so, is even on yeah. a Mac. You can sideload. Of course you can. But what Apple said, you know, in a briefing with us, that yeah. broadly that what they said was that but we recognised when we brought out the App Store, yeah. we, we wanted to build on the things we'd learnt from decades of the, the Mac to make it a safer and better environment. Yeah. Like they actually said that. That's that's they learnt from the fact that there's there's essentially sideloading of, yeah. of apps. Um, and well, you know what? what? I get I get the sense that the Mac will move further further and further towards no sideloading. It'll make it harder. What? And but what what what's to stop though? Why can't Apple, if they're worried about sideloading, why can't Apple make iOS a, just a more robust system? And why can't they then offer like you like I'd, I'd put Norton three hundred and sixty on my computer? Mm. Why can't that come into play then? Have the same setup 
for your device. Well, I use Trend Micro personally, but okay, that's... well that's because they sponsor you, and Norton sponsor my podcast. But we understand where we're coming from. But you know what I mean. Yeah. If you have, if you treat your phone then like your laptop or your desktop, yeah. and have right, okay, from now if side loading's a thing, right? Yeah. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have security on my phone. And look, I I see your point, and and I think Apple's point to that might be, but people shouldn't need to do that. We've we've created an environment that is robust and secure already. Yeah. Why would you Why, why would you tamper, take that away? Why tamper with that? Yeah. Yeah. But has there been has there been an outcry from developers that that are demanding? Apart, take Epic out of the equation, right? Yeah. No. Is there any de- developer that's 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 blue? Most the, developers that? are just loving the fact that they can get onto a billion yeah. devices and open an opportunity. That's so, let's be real. So this European thing, the the what was it, the digital access app? What was yeah, called? Yeah, that's it. Digital access. Digital access. And so, is that is that something that is come about as the result of developers complaining about no, the I, monopoly? I think it's exists? it's more of a ACCC style um, group that's come together digital and created mar- this digital thing. markets act. Digital markets, yeah. yes. But um, um, yeah. so I think that's more of a regulatory um, oversight that's gone. You know, we we need to look at this and determine whether or not it's good or bad. So, and you know, it's quite likely that even if side loading is allowed. Mate, ninety percent of people who's won't do, do it. it? Yeah, who's going to do it? But that was the question I asked in the in the. I said, look, ninety nine percent of people wouldn't even know what side loading is. Yes, but all it takes is for Epic to for create one, the next one, big game, yeah. and make it available, yeah. and that opens up the ability for people to understand how it works. But also, too, the example the guy at Apple used was the. It, all it takes is for me to send you a link, and you download an app from this side, the side loaded that way. Yeah. So yeah, I can I can understand how it could easily become a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So look, I, look. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know when it'll be resolved, if at all, frankly, because it's going to take time. But I think this. Let's be honest, and be, let's be very transparent here. We've sat in probably five briefings about privacy yeah. and apps with Apple over the last six months, more than we have I think in the I, six years I, prior. I'm, I'm more than you, I think, in those privacy Maybe. apps. Yeah, I'm, I'm very busy. Yeah, You're very busy man. Trip. Um, I just think yeah, that, I know. that that they're they're strategically trying to ensure yeah. that their side of the story is known before it just gets Absolutely. done. I think, I think, and look, and Apple released, you know, the timing of it is, is obvious, right? Apple released this paper just to inform everyone of the situation mm. because if this, if, if this European, the Digital Markets Act had gone forward and people could suddenly download apps without knowing the dangers of it, yeah, Apple needed to they they needed to state the credentials of the App Store and, and its protective powers and it's how yeah. how uh, thorough it is with uh, all every app that's on that store. Yeah, because you think about it, it's all about it all comes down to the experience you have on your iPhone. Yeah, the last thing Apple ever wanted for anything is to have that experience damaged. Yeah, because you, you look how they operate now; they create their own software to run on their hardware. They they control the whole end to end. And look at how an Android phone operates. Yeah, yeah, it's good, but it ain't no Apple. And no. even so, Scott, who who writes some stuff for EFTM, and then you know, Android guy from way back, like he yeah. literally wrote for an Android website before he joined yeah. me. Um, he used an iPhone for a week, and look, he didn't love it, but he certainly noticed some of those key things, like you know what it is yeah. a bit user friendly, and there is this simplicity to this and that. You know, it's fascinating to see that side of things. And I don't, I don't know that. Um, look, I don't think people will just rush out and sideload apps. No. But I think the concern is that it will become a thing, and we don't. Look, you and I are going to get more calls on the buddy radio. Yeah, and, for sure. And yeah. you know, tech support's going to go through the roof. So, yeah, antivirus companies probably love yeah. the idea. But you, you just don't know what you're going to get, eh? With a side sideloaded app, like look at no. all the like the the examples that Apple said in the App Store, they, they kicked out apps because that was like, there was, I think they used an example of a, a on Android, a kid's app was uh, violated their privacy in several ways or yeah. collected their data or did all these other things or started, when it was initially submitted, it started doing something different later on. Like yeah. it was, so it, it's not hard, it wouldn't be hard to sort of conceal little packages in, in an app malicious code and mm. stuff that could spy on you and stuff like that, collect your data. And see, the thing is, once that's discovered, yeah. Apple can't remove it. Yeah. Because, well, that's right. It's all, if it's a sideloaded app, yeah. it's just there. Yeah, true. So that, that way you, 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 your actual device could be in danger. And for you to get that off your device, you'd have to wipe it or do something to it, eh? Like, yeah. If, if you, I'll if, give so another if, quick example. You know, the, the, the video, audio icons that show yeah, whether the microphone yeah, and videos the green, are used, the green can a sideloaded yeah. app bypass that? And therefore, yeah. can an app be listening to your children without them knowing? Yeah. Like, this is the problem. If, you, if you're bypassing process... 
You're also bypassing the protections that Apple's putting in place more than ever mm. with app tracking and all the privacy features. So I think most of us would err on the side of Apple here, and I think most oh, people sure. that think that it should be opened up would probably be just be Android people thinking, well, we've got that. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they don't understand how many people are victims of, of um, mal- malicious software Absolutely. on Android. But is it about money? Is it about is it about Epic wanting to make all their money on yeah. iOS? Is, I think that, deep down, that about that? I think deep down the privacy or, or the um, uh, feature um, blocking that Apple do is probably how the developers will argue it. But in the end, they want to make one hundred percent of their revenue. Yeah, because because Apple, on one hand, they say, look, we're in the, got the best interest of the user, protecting the user. Mm. But then you, you you turn around and say, well, that they 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 prod, solid clip of the ticket on virtually everything yeah. that's on there but again that that's the price you pay for using this platform and accessing a billion devices yeah and so. you know the the epic example i remember when um samsung first announced that fortnite was available on s20 or it, s- it was the note one of the note phones yeah um and it wasn't available in the google play store it, yeah, it was a side straight onto samsung yeah. because because <laughs> guess what google take 30 percent as well uh, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Course, like, yeah, of course, yeah. it's not. It's not like this argument is exclusive to Apple. Of but course, yeah. Google is already a more open system, so yeah. that's where that challenge comes in. Yeah, true that. All right, well, let us know what you think. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Trevor Long at Stephen Fennick. Hashtag Ziggy Zaggy after Stephen's two wonderful Dalmatians, Ziggy and Logan. <laughs> but uh, I mean, of course, the dog's Logan after you've had one called Ziggy. He's named after Wolverine, mate. That's great, Logan. mate. But you had Logan. one called Ziggy. You call the other one Zaggy. It's just obvious. No, we don't. Jesus, you buddy. call him Zaggy. You're the other one. He, who calls and he him responds Zaggy. to that as he well. He does too. You he notice? Does, yeah, yep. he does. He wags his tail when you call him. He's Zaggy. much nicer to me now. I think yeah. he's. I think he's warm to me. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I told him to be nice to you. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the global chip shortage. What? And I'm not talking about... Doritos or Smiths? I'm not talking about they're not being salt and vinegar (laughs) Smiths crisps either. Barbecue. I haven't had a barbecue chip in a while. I'm a salt and vinegar man. Yeah, look, I go between plain salt and vinegar and barbecue. Salt and vinegar all day. Barbecue's not so overpowering like a salt and vinegar. Unless they have like a um, novelty flavour. Oh, no. The meat pie, the Vegemite, all those flavours. They had had one that I really enjoyed called... It was pulled pork. Pulled pork... Smith's Chris. No. And it was awesome. No. And you do see some others, but they're not the chips we're talking oh, about. Oh, right. We're, okay. talk, we're talking about the silicon chips. Okay. That is uh, apparently the reason why you can't get your PlayStation 5 anytime soon, or your Xbox for that matter, mm. is because of this global chip shortage. And, yeah. and I wrote a piece on Tech Guide because I found this, um, this, this release from a company, a financial data company, who, who explained why there's a global chip shortage. Yeah. And the, the first reason is because obviously the COVID impacted the industry. Uh, people were at home ordering five times more things than they normally would. Yep. And a combination of factories being impacted by COVID and the people overwhelmingly ordering computers and technology and cars and things like that com- compounded into this issue where the companies who were creating chips, normally it's all outsourced to Asia, mm. and these larger companies would then outsource to smaller smaller manufacturers. So yep. they would outsource it. Now, what's happened as a result, COVID wiped all those companies out and they are now still struggling to not only re- get back into production, but now to keep up with production. And the other big part of this, uh, through my investigation, I did this draw on this a couple of weeks ago and it was like, you know, just radio chats and stuff and I had to really understand what the hell was going on. Yeah. You've got to remember that this not this time last year, but a few months, like 18 months ago, like it was really hitting the fan, right? We we were all worried about what was happening. Yeah, and factories were closed. Factories were shut. Was shut. It was yeah. Chinese New Year and then factories were shut. Yeah. There was a big delay in everything. Yep. And what happened, as I understand it was, and one of the big impacts here has been on the car industry. What happened was the car industry saw, you know, obviously no one's going to buy a car for the next six months, you know, lockdowns, da, 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 da. So what the car industry did was cancel their orders. So the chip companies then had to, you know, shut down factories, lay off things. And then the, then it was only a few weeks before everyone realised, hang on, this is going to be work from home. We're going to need more chips for the computers and stuff, right? Yeah. The Wi-Fi networks and things. And so those companies, Wi-Fi networks and computers, would then order stuff. And so production slowly ramped up. That's, that's problem number one. And problem number two is, you know, the companies that weren't in on the ground floor, like you can't imagine Apple didn't go, 
listen, we're good for our order. Just keep making what we need whenever you can. Yeah. Whereas Ford and Kia went... We're out, we're out, we're out, we're out. And now they're ringing up going, can we get some chips, please? <laughs> and they're going, yeah, you're at the bottom of the queue. Yeah. I had a mate back, yeah. order a brand new Kia Seltos in January. They told him he'd be here in March. In March, he was told to be June. And now he's been told to be September. Ooh. Now, I, I'm okay with waiting six to 12 months for a Porsche, yeah. but not a Kia. Wow. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's a real problem for the well, industry well, the other, and getting back into the supply chain. Absolutely. And have well, before it all ramps up. And you, you got to also take into account that silicon, the price of silicon itself, has actually yeah. gone up by 20% as well. The actual physical silicon, yeah. 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 So it's, it's a. It, Which it's is kind also of a fascinating. Storm of factors. And, and you, then you've got new technologies that are kind of ramping up, like the GAN. Remember Belkins with their little GAN? Um, power adapters, there's new technologies that are then we're kind of migrating to. So we're in this kind of perfect storm, as you said, but also kind of timing-wise, it's it's just all happening at the same time. And it like I don't think most people, unless you're buying a car, because cars are the worst affected. Yeah, most people don't notice, but I think you'll you'll, you'll see less discounting through this year. Um, you'll you'll see. Uh, supply is still challenging for some companies, like PlayStation and Xbox are good examples of that. But that's part silicon, part just overwhelming demand. Yeah, but it's impacted too. Like I've, I've had a few calls on the radio for people saying, listen, I'm waiting for my Telstra NBN modem router. Yeah, so the HFC, yeah, yeah, so the HFC, it's not the, it's the NTD box from the little yeah. black box that you get yeah. from uh, from the NBN so that, that was affected. That's delayed. They had yeah. a three-month um Is that just Telstra that. or is that the NBN in general? It's NBN. It's right. HFC connections only. Right. Okay. So it's not all connections. It's ah, right, HFC okay. connections yeah. were paused. They've restarted them, That's but again. you got HFC, your place. Yeah. But you got in your suite now. You were yeah, in fact, I've got a spare one. Um <laughs> oh, I'll sell it for ten grand or something, because um, I remember I had two connections, so I had two of them. Anyway, um, yeah, the that like that delay, that three month pause, and now it's back, but it takes time now to trickle in and you yeah. know keep up with the orders. So it's this it's this real it's kind of issue. balancing act to bring it all together. It's yeah. a fascinating like pe- this will be one of those stories they look back on and go, how do we let that happen? Yeah, how do we avoid that happening again? And the car companies are the worst. They're just gonna have to go, guys. What the hell? We we're we're at the bottom of the supply chain now when it comes to this stuff, which is frankly critical in a but car. They're, but they're saying that the shortage could last until twenty twenty three. Yes. So not this year. Yeah. Not next year. Year after. The year after. To catch up. Yep. So it's pretty pretty bad. Because the the funny thing is they've not just got to catch up. They got the backlog. Yeah. But then there's just normal growth. Yeah. So they've actually got to then expand at the same time. So you're doing all this stuff. Yeah. At the same bloody time, it's it's amazing as a as a as a global problem. Yeah, Intel announced uh, earlier this year plans to build two new chip manufacturing plants in yep. Arizona at a cost of twenty billion dollars. Doing with very plans well. Plans for another plant in Europe, but if it receives public funding for that one, so so they're basically Europe, looking looking for Europe to chip in. Europe to say right, let's we'll get buy the it. land or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So Intel trying to do their part. I mean, they're like us basically. If you, very, if you want very well, if, if you want, yeah, we're doing very well. And if you want us to record at your location, yeah, of course, there's yeah. a price to pay. You think we're just going to turn up for nothing? Yeah. Come on, exactly. <laughs> when is State of Origin? Uh, Sunday this July week. 14. Oh, so that's this Sunday's game two. Yeah, right. And then July 14 is game three in Sydney. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I know why you're asking. Yeah, that yeah okay. <laughs> you, 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 the, the subtleness of you is. Uh, <laughs> Is just zero. Is just I've got the subtleness easy. of a sledgehammer. Yeah, that's it. Subtle as a sledgehammer. As you want. All that's right. Stephen's right. written about the uh, chip shortage. I might uh, write about a uh, barbecue chip shortage uh, at EFTM.com. <laughs> but the, the full details of the real chip shortage are at techguide.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. Two Blokes Talking Tech are brought to you by our good friends at Arlo. Arlo made the uh, market-leading wireless security cameras, and they also made the Arlo Ultra 2 Spotlight Camera. Oh, yes. Now, a couple of features I want to talk about here is uh, the auto-zoom and tracking features. Oh, are you can aware I, of this? Tracking is one of my favourite yeah. things. Can so I give you the example you of how, how di- I use tracking? Yes, so you can digitally zoom in on and track any moving object automatically. So what you do is when I've got one at the front door that faces out, like down the driveway. Yep. And because you've got kind of a large resolution with the Arlo um, Ultra, yeah. um, it, it 
it, it can essentially crop in on the person as they get out of the car and then it's like the camera's moving and following them. Yeah. It's bloody awesome because then you, you're tighter. You don't need to see what's happening around them. You just need to see the person. That's right. And then Brilliant. The, with, with the added details, you can, the, the added resolution of the camera, you see everything in greater detail. Yep. Um, a friend of mine lives on a busy road and sometimes has to park on the street. A few neighbours neighbors complained about their cars being broken into. Oh. And uh, so he installed the Arlo Ultra 2 Spotlight camera and activated the auto zoom and tracking feature. So now he can track any passing cars or people and he can zoom in for greater detail in case something happens. Nice. So, touch wood, nothing has yet. But um, how about your mum's pub? Have they had any dramas with any... Anything with any like vandals or any anyone sort of snooping around? Yeah, no, she was quite worried because you know it's a it's a it's on a public road and they don't open a couple of days of the week and you know they sometimes they want to be away. So yep. we've got cameras on the front porch and in the pub, yep, so that you can keep an eye on things. But, and but you can turn on auto zoom and and uh, and the tracking feature with those, you know. Yeah, exactly. Quite often the quality and the detail is really cool. It's really really sharp. You'd be surprised. So you can even see like things like license plates, read license plates. That's yep. how detailed it is. Anyway, the Arlo two Arlo Ultra two auto zoom and tracking uh, is available as part of the Ultra two Spotlight camera, and you can find about that at Arlo.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. So my wife's boss got some attention on the weekend. Um, because he decided to announce a whole new electric vehicle policy for New South Wales. The Minister for the Environment and Energy, Matt Keane, who is my local member and my wife's yep. boss, for full disclosure, um, she doesn't work in the electoral office. She only works in the um, she doesn't work in the ministerial office. She only works in the electoral office, so uh-huh. she's not involved in this EV stuff. Okay. But um, you've established it, that you're at arm's length of it. Good. Oh no, <laughs> I'd like to think I'm reasonably close, but I That's didn't get good. a friggin' heads up. That would have been nice. Anyway, uh, <laughs> why did you get a scoop, mate? Yeah, exactly. Your wife is working there. If she didn't know, I mean, uh, she might have known about. She it broke on a Sunday. Was she a didn't Sunday. bloody tell me either. She didn't, she said she knew about. It. She didn't tell me. How outrageous. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is fascinating because we talked a few months ago about uh, Victoria's uh, electric vehicle strategy, which was introduce a road usage yeah. tax, yep. um, and they've done that as of next month, and, and one. also yep. offer a rebate for purchasing. Electric vehicles. It's kind of give and take at the same time. It's a slap in the face for the yeah. industry. And give no with one, one hand and take with the other. And no one in the industry liked what they did. Literally, they they were canned at every level. But I, you know what? I'm an EV driver, and I can understand why the the, the tax is there. Totally. Like I don't I don't pay for, like when you pay for petrol in your car. I'm paying an excise. You're paying a tax. Yes. It's part of that. I pay for no petrol, so yeah. I'm, I'm paying anything. And I've said a million and times. I've still got to use the road like everyone it's, else. It's 17 billion dollars a year in fuel excise. Yeah. We need to understand how we're going to repay that yeah. when we, when we move electric. So this is why I really, really like the New South Wales plan. It's a five-point plan. I'll be real brief. The first one is helping people buy cars. Yep. Second one is about the, the network around the state. So building out the infrastructure. Yep. The third yep. one is making it easy to drive an electric vehicle. Fourth one is creating jobs and, and growing the economy. And the fifth is keeping road funding fair and sustainable. Let's work from yep. the bottom. Road yep. funding. So they've said, we're going to do a road usage tax. Yep. Okay, it'll be 2.5 two cents two per kilometre yep. for fully electric vehicles and 2 cents per kilometre for plug-in hybrid hybrids. electric vehicles. Yep. No, plug-in hybrids, not plug-in just hybrids. hybrids. Yep. Um, and it doesn't come in until July 2027. Well, no, they said 2027 or if the market hits 30%, whatever comes 30% first. 30% new vehicle yeah, sales. Yeah. Whatever comes first. will not happen before 2027. Well, the, just on that, the ambitious part of this is they want to have 50% new cars by 2031, which is 10 years away. Yeah. Today... Less than one percent yeah. is new yeah. new EVs. It's so ambitious. A lot of lot of way, long way to L- go. Long way to go. But the the thing is, in that six years before they introduce a road usage tax, yep. they could potentially reform the entire tax system with regards to cars. So yep. it could well be that by twenty twenty seven, petrol car owners also pay a road usage charge instead of a fuel excise. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we've got the time, and what we need is actually now the federal government to work with all the states on this style of thing. Yeah. So that's cool. And they also then, um, so creating jobs and growing the economy is really just about, they've gone, you know what, we should be part of the, the, the mining sector that actually gives them the minerals and the raw materials that build batteries. <laughs> so they've opened up a whole bunch of sites around New South Wales that can actually mine the minerals that are going to make batteries, which is going to pay back. You know, the cost this is a $500 billion or million dollar project. It's going to pay that back through the mineral taxes and stuff like yeah. that making it easy to, to drive an electric vehicle, you can use the the bus, carpool, the, the carpool lanes. Yeah. Like, that's genius. 
that's such a it's only a limited time it won't last forever bring it on but as yeah. a way to incentivize ev owners yep. great idea so you buy an electric vehicle you're going to get to work faster you're not going to have to deal with the traffic absolutely especially when you have to drive down your way with those crappy traffic <laughs> all the way it's so annoying yeah now building a world-class electric vehicle network this one's fascinating because they're putting 171 million into into charging infrastructure yep. 20 million of it is kind of um, destination charges around the place. Yep. And then a bunch of it is both city and country ultra-rapid charging. They say that on our, yeah. on all our arterial roads, and there's a map of them, you'll be able to charge every 100 kilometres, which yep. is about half what it is now. So it's coming about 200, 250 yeah. kilometres is, is the distance between every charger. They say that you should be able to drive no further than 100 kilometres and get a charger. But they also say, and this is big, in the inner city areas where there's where people do not have access to off street parking. Mm. So you live in a townhouse in Surrey Hills which has no garage yeah. and you park on the street. Um, you can't charge out there. So they say that within five kilometres of all those people will be an ultra rapid charger so that you can charge yeah. your car. But I think too what's going to happen That's there. That's brilliant. I'll tell you what, I, I, when I was in Paris a couple of years ago, mm. Joe and I were there, we were there with Huawei, we stayed yep. a bit longer. What I noticed in the street were what looked like, and I think you even saw this in Rome. I saw this in Sweden as well. There yep. was a parking, that looked like a parking meter. Yep. And it was a parking meter, yep. but it was also a double charger. And here's the problem with those, yeah. right? If you live in a, in a bunch of 10 townhouses and there's two of those out the front, yeah. people are going to fight over them. So what you want is you want to make, for people with off-street parking unavailable, you just want them to go and charge and come yeah. back. So yeah. you don't really want to make the fight over that See the, um, on the street level. It's smart, but it's not... The it's other issue, no, but I mean, like for in public parking areas, say in the city or yeah. not outside people's houses. Yeah, right. But uh, in uh, large apartment buildings, what are you going to do? So if you is that the same case where if you don't, if you got even if you live in an apartment with a parking space, that's going to be an issue too because some apartments got like hundred units in it. Yeah. And if if fifty of them have got char- want to charge their car. That's going to be an issue too. So there's the. But that's a be, question really for strata organisers. Yeah. Like if you live You've in an have apartment, spots. Yeah. You, well, no, people. I'll I'll be honest with you, Steve. My problem, and I think the place we slightly disagree is, it's not about having public charging spaces for everyone. You should have a charger at home. Yeah, no. I, I and agree. so if you're in an apartment, well, put a charger in your car space. In fact, what I reckon should happen is that if you decide, this is the other incentive that they that they should think of too. If you decide, right, I want to buy an EV. So I think it's up to the driver, and I did this myself. You have to take responsibility yourself for how you're going to charge your car. Yeah. So I reckon what they should incentivize, and I had my panels before I bought my car, they should give you some kind of incentive. So listen, you're going to get an EV. So how about you get 50% off a solar package with a battery, and that'll at least help you top up your car or keep it charged enough yeah. to get you where you've got to go. That that's another thing. Ninety-seven percent of electric vehicle charging yeah, is home. done at home. I know that. That's yeah. That, that, so I, this, I this is all too. about people being able to get around and go places. Yeah, but but the thing, the other thing, sort of further down the track is then if everyone's charging at the same time, that the how the grid's going to work. It's going to have to yeah, get. Yeah, but they're already doing that. They're, they've yeah. already announced um, localized batteries in in different areas, like they're yeah. using old old uh, telecommunications cabinets as uh, batteries now. So they're yeah. they're already ahead of that. The the grid infrastructure yeah. conversation is well ahead of itself. And I think too. Like you, you look at you look at companies like BP and Shell. They they've seen the writing on the wall. I know BP have sort of put out a white paper years ago about their long term strategy for yeah. how the business is going to evolve, and they yeah. know that look, not everyone's going to want petrol. They're forever. a convenience store, so they're going to uh, they're going to offer charging. They won't. You don't reckon at all? Not allowed. They're basically. Most in most cases, yeah. they can't offer that high level ultra rapid charging in a petrol station because of the electricity and yeah, the petrol yeah. and the tanks. But, but it could be just a case of right, oh, you, just, you get you just juice up for ten minutes, or and then you're on your way. It, it, yeah, so but they they literally can't have. There's there's reasons actually in the paper why you can't put ultra rapid chargers in a petrol station in terms of safety. No, but eventually there'll be no petrol though. Oh, it'll but that's, be, mate, that's be, 50 years away. Yeah, like but, that's, but, but that's, even, even in 10, let, let's say in 10 years' time, like, I'll, I'll do a charge on my car. Say oh, I've got a really big charge. 10 years' take, car, there's still 18 million petrol cars in Australia. No, no, there will be. But I'm just saying in terms of charging time, a lot, a lot of people thinking, oh, you know, the, I, char- I can fill my car up with petrol in 10 minutes, but I, I've got to char- wait 45 minutes to charge my car. In 10 years' time, I think that time will be like 10 minutes. No, but, but Stephen, It'll that's, be fast. That's not relevant. In 10 years' time, you'll still yeah. charge overnight. 
Yeah, no. You don't. You don't need to charge but in I ten th- minutes. The, you, never, the, you don't need to stop and charge. Well, I think the other thing that, ne- that, that I know you're right, but the thing that people need to address, right? It's going to sound funny. What the government's got to address is anxiety. Yeah. Because people are thinking, oh, I won't be able to go to drive to the country. I won't be able to do this. And that's what they're addressing and with the one. Every every hundred kilometres, yeah. there'll be an ultra rapid charge. The first thing, whenever people see my car, they ask me questions about my Tesla. They say, "How far can it go?" That's one of their first questions. They say, "How long? How long does it take to charge?" How far can you go on a full battery? Yep. So these are all the questions they're asking because they're they I think they're they're under the impression that you know it's a golf, and the answers to those cart. questions should be yeah. this one goes five hundred or this one goes two hundred. But how yeah. long does it take to charge? It's always charged because every every morning when I wake up, it's fully yeah. charged. Yeah. That's that should be the answer so that people understand yeah. that when you go for a drive and you get home and the tank's quarter uh, uh, three quarters empty instead of full, yeah. and then the next day it goes down to half and and at the end of the week you need to charge. When you drive an electric car, every morning it's full. Yep. Because you fill up every night. Okay. Now we haven't talked about the actual financial incentives here. They've they've offered the similar incentive to Victoria with a three thousand dollar rebate on the first twenty five thousand people who buy an electric car from September. Sixty eight thousand or below. Sixty eight thousand yeah. or below, which is basically the the MG ZS, the yeah. Hyundai Ionic. There's a new Kia uh, Nero, and if it if it's launched in time, I don't know that they'll make it, but maybe the twenty five thousand will still be by by December. The BYD, they've got two cars that'll be well below that price. Yeah. So forget, forget getting a Tesla under sixty-eight. Uh, you get no, you get the Model, the model 3, Three, the standard Model just Three. Just make it yes. without autopilot. Yes, you'll get it. Yeah, yeah. But so, the, um, so it's possible. But the other, what's the and other? Incentive? The bigger one is stamp duty. Yeah. So stamp duty is abolished on all electric vehicles under seventy-eight thousand from, from September. From uh, September, September 1, 2021. Yep. So that means... And what's, on what's plug-in a, hybrids. What's that a saving, like 1500 1200 Yeah, so on a, on a MG at, at $43,000, it's about $1,300, $1,400. Yeah. On yeah. a $50,000 car, it's, it's it's a couple of grand, yeah. Yeah, something. Because it's $3 per hundred up to 45000 and then for the 45000 plus, well, up to 45000 okay. up to seventy eight. it's $5 per hundred. Now, here's the here's the NARC argument. Yep. Now, okay. And uh, I've, had, I've had this myself. Yeah, you know, smart ass are saying, "Oh, look, you, you drive an electric car, but they say to me, where do you get your electricity from? You yeah. got to, you got to burn oh, carbon." Man. I said, "No, so idiot. often, no idiot." I said, "I've got solar panels at home." Yeah, but and the other every thing, electric vehicle charger on the Hume Highway from Sydney to Melbourne is powered by solar. solar or renewable energy. Yeah, which means, sure, there's some panels there and that uses a bit, but broadly, that when they buy electricity from their electricity company, it's sourced from green power. But that, that that's the argument. People are thinking, look, if you if you're buying if if all this huge demand for EVs, say in the next five to ten years, and your the power's coming from a coal fired coal powered uh, power station, uh, yeah, power station, yep. Is that a bit? Is that a little bit um, hypocritical? But it's not. That's that's the thing. It's just you not, need you need the true. power. You need power, yeah. and how they're going to generate it. But like you said, so a lot of it. Well, New South Wales has energy. some of the biggest uh, renewable energy targets and incentives. There's yeah. solar farms being built yeah. that are bigger than some of the um, biggest cattle farms in, in Australia. There's yeah. massive investment in solar in in New South Wales, as well as there is in battery and different technology. Yeah. So, you know that change is happening. The shift goes on. It's it's going okay, and but bottom line is New South Wales has just set the benchmark for the rest of the country. But it needs the whole. It needs federal incentive. It needs federal um, agreement to this, so that yeah. all the states do the same thing. They've all got to be pointing the boats in the same direction. Yeah, exactly. But isn't isn't it a case though too now that the it's still cost prohibitive to go electric? The, the, oh, uh, it's ridiculous. Still, so it's still the, more expensive. The New way South Wales um, electric vehicle strategy talks about the. Price differential between a petrol electric a petrol and electric car of the same equivalence is twenty thousand dollars. I actually believe it's more like fifteen thousand, yeah. but that's a lot of money. But what's going to happen? That's like, stupid. Like, let, let's take. And it I'll shouldn't what, be upon the government to reduce that. It should be no. upon the car companies to yeah, reduce. I agree. That. Like what? What? Let's let's use let's use Jacko for an example. Right. Yep. Say in six years' time, forty, yep. whatever he buys his first car, right? He can't afford an electric car. No. He won't, like, what are you going to shout him a, a forty thousand dollars electric Not car? Chance. So it, it's only the cheapest like electric Yaris, car at Yaris. the end of this year will be thirty grand, yeah. and that's still way above yeah. what a huge percentage of people have ever spent on a car. There you go. Let alone on a first car. So that's still way more. Also, but then there's a lot of little de- details here about the New South Wales thing. So they're they're in, insisting on a large amount of electric vehicle purchasing within government, which yeah. will in, incentivize the second hand market because in five years those yeah. cars will get turned around. That's so true. Yeah, that's that true. was also a very smart thing. My so my, my test is going to be worth a bomb when I sell that baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be uh, yeah because I'm I'll be upgrading it in about eighteen months. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, you can read about so, it. So, yeah, so get in touch if you want to buy my Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> you can read about all that at eftm.com and techguide.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. I'm not going to attempt to sing Addicted to Love. Right. Might as well <laughs> face it, you're addicted to phones. You want to see a, fo- a funny version of that song? No. Watch Cocktail with um, Tom, oh, Cruise yeah, Tom Cruise and Brian Brown. I'm more of a Kokomo very, guy. Yeah, but they do sing, sing that in one of the bars. There's a place called Kokomo. <laughs> That's where okay, that'll you do, mate. That'll do. People are turning. away from People are driving off the road now. Um, the uh, we're talking about addicted to your. Okay, stop. We're talking about being addicted to your phone, and Trev, you know what? Forty-six percent of people reckon they're addicted to their phone. Yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah, can't do without it. Cold turkey? Can't go cold turkey? Can't do it. What's the longest you've been without your phone? Uh, like 20 minutes. <laughs> or while I sleep. And while you sleep. Okay, there you go. Well, let me ask you some questions, right? So It's here, a good feeling, here's though. A, okay. Well, like, here's that's the stupid thing about it. Yeah. I know it's a good feeling to not yeah. have to worry about your phone for an hour, yeah. but I rarely do it. Do you ever leave your home without your phone? No, I'd go back. 55% say they never leave the house. This is from reviews.org. This is their their little stats, the, the study they've done. Do you sleep with your phone next to your bed? Now that I know where this survey comes from, I don't want to talk about it. But anyway, go on. Yes, yeah, 72% yes, of right people next say to yes. Yeah. Do you feel uneasy if you've left your phone home? Yes, you've said that already. Three out of four people feel that. Yep. Do you consider yourself addicted to your phone? Yes, you've already answered that. 46% yep. have considered themselves addicted. Have you gone over your data allowance because you use your phone too much? Um, only because I'm sometimes testing what my data, data limit is now that I'm doing prepaid and stuff. So, right. but so normally no. You're 32% have. Do you check your phone within 10 minutes of waking up? Three minutes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so you're one of 79% of people. Yeah. I don't. I, I it'd be 15 minutes before I sit, 20 minutes before I look at my phone. There's a there's a process when I wake up. My, yeah, my process involves the phone. <laughs> Okay. We've got the right. same process, but mine right. mine's got my phone in my hand. All right, then. So do you think this is, like, let's use your children as the example. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Let's How are it. you going to feel in down the track? If your son said to you in five years, you said, you ask Jacko, are you addicted to your phone? You go, yep. He'll say, yep. Just like you answered me. Yeah. How's that going to make you feel as a father? Well, it's life. Yeah? We live in a digital world. You're not world. concerned that sort of there's sort of this device is sort of running their life? Yeah, I mean, in part, yeah. but what I what I look at is the 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 period around downtime. I look at I look for for kids anyway. I yeah. just look at you know there's got to be downtime. So eight thirty p.m. to six a.m. Kid can't use so his phone. Screen, it's just screen it's time. just dead. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's just doesn't work. It's, no, it's of no yeah. point to it. Yeah. So that's what what we use as a mechanism. Um, is there'll be there'll come a time where he gets uh more more exemption on that. But yeah, I mean, mate, we live in an age. Of screens, we live in an age yeah. of connectivity. It's, mate, it's, it's you've got to do it. Yeah. Do you do you has your have your children any of your children, including Jacko, ever said, "Oh, but hang on, look, Dad can use his phone. Why can't I?" Yeah. You said that, and I say, "Stick it up your ass. This is my house." <laughs> when you're 18 and living somewhere else, when you're paying, you can do rent. whatever you want. Yeah, no, no. Right. Paying when board. you're under my roof. I'll do oh, what I say. Right. You move way. out, you can do whatever you want. So it's the my way or the highway. Absolutely. All oh, right. Okay. Yep. This went. This this escalated quickly, mate. <laughs> Just, the, uh, <laughs> I mean, the the rules yeah. in your household. Well, my kids are older than yours, mate. Yeah, I know. You know but what, at what point did you let go? When they were older. But you haven't fully let go either. You've yeah. still got rules. Of course I do. But in terms of their phones, I'm saying they they mate they can do what they want with their phones. It's they're, they're over eighteen and even. I was lucky in a way because my kids were, when phones started to be... Yeah, they didn't have Snapchat and all those other yeah, addictions. They, it yeah. was, they was just Facebook. They had Facebook yeah. and other, other stuff. And by the time Snapchat was a thing, they were all old enough to handle whatever they had to handle. Yeah. And, and so I was sort of, I kind of dodged that. But there'd be a lot of parents that are that are probably having to deal with this, that their kids are on. And mate, I've had emails. You, you've had emails. So how do I how do I monitor what my daughter's doing on Snapchat? Oh, yeah. She's on it all the time. I want her to see what she's doing. And there's people concerned about that. They're, this obsession with 
you know, getting the likes. And that, that's sort of part of this addiction is they want to see yeah. how many likes they've got or whatever, they're, you know, how many people have watched their TikTok video and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. That's kind of the thing. I, I know, look, it, you know, of course it's a tool to work and communicate and to stay entertained and all that sort of stuff, but there, there is, there are a lot of people who are, this is, they're just obsessed with, with their phone and they, they just can't leave it alone. And it's depressing to watch. You see families at a restaurant and they're, all of them are on their phone. Yeah. They're not talking to each other. That depresses me a little bit. Like, we don't go to I, restaurants. I, I, li- <laughs> I like when when Joe and I are out somewhere. We talk to each other. I don't look. At my, I'm not on my phone when I'm with her. Like even with my kids, though. I so let's, let's talk to each other. We we have dinners and all my kids come home for, home for dinner, and my daughter Jacqueline's home again, and we all we all have a chat. No one no one's on their phones. It's just a shame we're not. You know, lot, just the the world around you is more than that six inch screen in your hand. Is all I'm saying. Very noble of you, mate. <laughs> Look, I use my phone a lot, but I, I I'd back myself to use my phone a lot less than you. Oh, I think, did we do the screen time? Yeah, we've done it we've before. Done There's no doubt. And you smash, you kick my ass. Yeah. Because you just you're just obsessed with your device. You're on it all the time. Yeah. But I, I can I can hang back, and I think us playing golf every week is a good little switch 100%. off. That's yeah. a good. That's, well, a that's start. That's oh, so yeah. that that that's was what was most frustrating about last week was I had this drama going on with producing a segment or something so I kind of needed the phone in my pocket so I at least knew what was going on yeah. but I didn't feel that same detachment that I had the, the first week we played but that's alright oh, you know yeah, it gets better every time yeah I'll put it this way here's the thing I know I'm addicted to my phone but I also know that at the times that it's required I can put it down yeah that, oh, that's where I think the, the word important. addiction is wrong that's important it's yeah. actually the wrong word oh, I yeah. I'm obsession is better obs- than addiction obsess might be a better word yeah. bottom line if required my phone can be away. Okay, give me your phone for a sec. Yeah, <laughs> That's all right. You're charging it anyway, mate. No, I'll you're charging it. I think it's full now. Yeah, oh, there it's full. you go. Yeah. Full. A bit like yourself, mate. Oh, full as a gog. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And we do all thanks to the good people at Netgear. And if you're looking for a deal on Netgear and you're listening um, in the live period of the show, as in uh, the last week of the financial year, some great deals on Netgear products right now at store.netgear.com.au forward slash sale.html. I think if you go to both techguide.com.au and eftm.com, you'll find banner ads for the uh, the Netgear sale. Um, and it's like I'll give you a couple of examples Some of great deals. Though. Great deals. I yeah. mean, yeah, I was looking at earlier. So I wrote, I wrote a story about it. <laughs> the Orbi Wi-Fi six um, is seven forty eight. Um, that's a that's a quad, like a three satellite system. You can get the uh, the Orbi system for four forty eight. There's even Netgear Mural. This is a cracking. Like half let me tell you, price. half price on a Netgear. That's Mural. the original one, right? Yeah, original one. That's the one twenty seven inch. Yeah. Twenty seven inch white. Frame at four ninety eight. That's what I've got. I've got to tell you, that's a cracking that's, bloody that's good deal. That's tempting to get another one of those. You know what? I I've got the so the current murals is it sixteen fifteen? Oh, you inch? mean the Wi Fi photo frame? Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's that's they different. Call, yeah. Do they still call it mural? It's still mural in it? Yeah, but there's a canvas twenty one inch, which is obviously different to that one. Right. Which is seven ninety eight. Then there's the canvas twenty seven inch. Which is the big guy at four ninety eight now? Amazing. Oh, the only reason I haven't hit buy on it yet is because I want to get it for my father in law, but I wanted to just go. We're going around there tomorrow night. I just want to check because it's got a white frame. I wanted to check whether the white frame will work where I think it'll go. Yeah, because if they've a, got bloody I've black got frames frame. everywhere, it'll look silly with a white frame, right? Uh, so because you can get different frames, but the one on special is the white one. Fair enough. That is a cracking deal, folks. Yeah. There's a bunch of good deals. Um, also, you can get mesh, the Orbi system, some discounted too. Um, the Nitki Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 2-pack, um, $329. The 3-pack is $449. It's 100 bucks off. Um, the Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is 1199 down from 1299 So you're saving $100 easy on a lot of these things. So yeah. cracking deals. Look for the EOFY sale um, image and banner ads at techguide.com.au and eftm.com to click straight through to the Netgear store. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. What is the deal with McDonald's um, and their big sign, 50 billion burgers sold. Just put up a sign, we're doing very well. The same applies to Shazam. Yeah. Shazam... And I, I think this is a fascinating story because Shazam's been around for ages, yeah. like a long time. And as, as an app, it, became, it's been, it was one of the first apps that became a verb. Yes, to Shazam, Shazam something, yeah. yeah. So the idea, if you haven't heard of it, you're living under a rock. Um, <laughs> you download the app, you press a button, and if you're listening to music at a pub or a friend's place or on the radio, you press a button, it listens for 15 seconds, and then it tells you really quickly what song you're listening yeah. to. Brilliant. Smart. Now, they call, Shazam calls that tagging a song. 
Okay? Yeah. So that's the process. You I call tag it a song. I, uh, I just call it searching. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. you're tagging a song. They have had 50 billion tags. Wow. But that's They're actually... Doing very well. That's actually not the statistics that's most mind-blowing. Because 50 billion over 10 years or more, yeah. good on you. But it's currently at a billion a month. Wow. That's ridiculous. That's crazy numbers. Yeah. And it's going to get bigger because... Last year, or last dub dub, they announced um, a Shazam kit yep. for, for developers so that you'll be able to develop, include Shazam in your own app. So, hey, wow. presto, it's going to get even bigger. And the most Shazammed song globally of all time is an Aussie one. Yeah. Is Dance it Dance uh, Monkey? T- Tones and I. Tones and I. Dance wow. Monkey. Good song, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, catchy, catchy song. How about that. It had a long lifespan, I think, because it was big in Australia. Then the world discovered it. Yeah. Like I saw Tones and I playing. She used to be a busker. Yeah. And and I heard, watched her playing it on the Ellen show and just went global. Yeah. Incredible. Amazing how music can do that to people. But, but it is it is one of those, it's, it's a bit of an earworm. It can, can stick there and it's not immediately obvious what the song's called. No. So it, it is, yeah, the word dance and monkey are in there, but yeah. it's not immediately obvious that it's called dance monkey. No, I was on the radio. You know when you're on the radio and you and I do this every week, you're waiting on hold to do your segment. Yeah. And on a music station, there's music playing. Yeah, they and, have a song before. And I'm yeah. seconds to go on air, and they're playing Crazy by Ice House, and they talk about Shazam. And I said, Dance Monkey's not quite like Crazy by Ice House, where the word is common yeah. in the song. So you, you can be you, crazy, baby, to want a guy like me. That's um, great. That's, the word crazy is like you it's could, there, yeah. if you heard the song, you'd know what it was called. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Whereas I don't think that, that that applies to a lot of songs. So yeah. uh, that's why she... And like, yeah, if the most you, common question I got all week was, does Tones and I make a lot of money out of that? And I go, no, she makes no money from Shazamming. But every time you Shazam, it leads you, then, you, to the you then get the option to push to, to Spotify or Apple Music yeah. or whatever, so you can listen to it, Hello. which means whether you're streaming or buying, she's getting cash. Yeah, well, she'll get a couple of cents for your play. When it happens Something. a billion times... yeah. You're doing Something. very well. Something, yeah. But a lot, a lot of other, a lot of other artists. I, I watched an interview on, I think it was on Today Extra. David Campbell and Belinda were interviewing Gary Newman. Remember Gary Newman? Yep. He's electronic um, from the eighties, huge artist. And he said that um, that he mentioned that. Oh yeah, no, I had a had a song that was played a million times. I got sixty seven dollars. Mm. That's not much, is it? It's not sixty seven bucks. Million not. times I play a song a million times. Sixty-seven dollars. I wonder, wonder how if that you works a, out. If you had a YouTube video played a million times, would you make more than sixty-seven dollars? Maybe you make a couple hundred. Yes, yeah, you might make a thousand, but it's crazy, isn't it? It's this is the thing about that. Like how whole do artists ecosystem. make money? It's touring. They got a tour. To That's why money. tours are so big now. Yeah. It's because they make huge money. You got to just hit the road. You got to hit the road. You right. got to ha- you got to be able to pack a stadium. You can pack a stadium. You're Ed Sheeran. Why yeah. do you think Ed Sheeran spent so long touring? Yeah. And and doing those huge stadium gigs because it was basically his yeah, retirement that's fund. His, that's his bank. Yeah, that's he, bank. he needs to do nothing else. Same now. with Adele. Like Adele just sort of sits. He produces an album every five years, tours yeah. it for a year, and then hello, doing very well. Doing very well. Anyway, um, I th- we think Tone, that's cool. Tones and I. That's Tones and amazing. I. Yeah, dance yeah. monkey. Well, and um, you can give us a couple of bars of that, mate. You know how to sing it or dance monkey, dance monkey. Dance <laughs> monkey. <laughs> I don't know. That's all <laughs> I know of it. I'll even need- it's not even it. Uh, we can't play. Is it what's fair? What's fair play? Is it thirty? Is it thirty, 30 seconds, seconds or something? They, they bill you or? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. It's rubbish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Spot a bit of Farnham. Mate? Shazam. Have a bit of Farnham. They're doing did, very well. Did you Shazam Farnham? No, because I could recognise every you, song. If if I played the Farnham song to you, oh, by name bars. Oh, can I, can so I here's, tell you the thing? here's what I could guarantee. You should do a little. I test. might not be able to name the song, but I could certainly sing along. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough, but you'd, yeah, if you could name it, it'd be even better. Yeah, yeah, but I, that's not a thing I need to do. Yeah, okay. Be good, interesting test. You might have to do that for another time. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, you know it's uh, Eoffy right now. Did you know that Eoffy? Eoffy. End of financial year. No, did it was. I think it was Foxtel that first did that. Eoffy. Eoffice. They used to say in their ads. End of financial year sale. Yeah, Eofis. I think it's a stupid word, it's stupid <laughs> acronym, stupid everything. <laughs> well, what it is as well is tax time. So people are doing their taxes, they're sharing a lot of information, they're getting their affairs I'd together. I just like to stay under the radar when we talk about taxes, if you don't yeah. mind. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. But um, it's it's also too what... Do you reckon the, the auditors are listening? 
Um, I don't you know, know. I told them what I do, and I they hope, know. I hope not. Like they've looked at the invoices. Yeah, yeah if you're listening, orders Stephen Fennick, Sharky <laughs> Media. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> hey mate, we're all above board, mate. I just did. Just oh, no. A, I hey. just had a meeting with the accountant, and he said, mate. You're doing, You're doing very well. Very well. <laughs> I'm 100 above board. It's just an annoying process to go through. Yeah, that's no, no I, I had a. We actually had a planning meeting for last time I was there. Planning for next year. What what's what we need to do and sort of minimise my tax and yeah, what what holes I got to dig and bury my cash and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, hollowed logs. <laughs> so no, no, we're all above board at Sharky Media. It's all good. But um, the thing with you know who's not above board is the uh, is cyber criminals. Yes. But they're all. This is the, what's been described. This is for them. Cyber experts call this time of year for scammers Christmas. <laughs> it's their period where a lot of people are online, a lot of people are doing their stuff, a lot of people are dealing with the tax department, and this is when the cyber criminals strike. And a lot of them too, they imitate the ATO as well. So they, yeah. they're very savvy how they do it. In fact, a year ago, do you remember when it was this time of year? And there was MyGov and people getting JobKeeper and people trying to access their super early. Do you remember all this stuff was going on? So there were a lot of bloody cyber criminals who were imitating these agencies, saying, oh, look, we hear you want to access your super. Send us your details. We'll expedite this thing. Yeah. And they were just handing their details over to a cyber criminal. So these people doing it tough to begin with. Yeah. Then these bastards come in and make it even worse. So it's, it's just the lowest of low. But you don't have to be a victim here. You got to. You can take care. Be cautious. If uh, any anyone trying to impersonate the Australian Tax Office, that's going to be the big one. If, if people are sending you e- emails, text messages, even robocalls. Have you heard those robocalls? Yeah. Oh, the ATO was issued a warrant for your SCF righto. Have you got that? As yeah. Well? yeah. Yeah. It's just really the one I've been getting most lately. <clears throat> now, what about this? I'm on today extra the other morning, sitting on the couch with Dave and Linda, phone in my pocket. Oh, no, phone in my top pocket of my jacket, watch, you know, connected, and my phone's ringing. It's because it's on silent, it's buzzing. Didn't put me off too much. Yeah. <clears throat> As I walked off, it was a scammer. Oh, it would have been because we were talking about scams. <laughs> it would have been amazing to answer the phone because it was like a weird Victorian number. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It just happens so much. But the one I'm getting most when you answer it is hello, and it's a thick Indian access to calling from Amazon. Your subscription, your $30 a month subscription is due to renew. If you don't want to renew it, press three now. So the and my mum got this. She's yeah, like, should I do something? I went, you don't have Amazon, mum. So no. Yeah. But you press three, you give them your bank details, they'll cancel your subscription. No, no, they won't. They'll take money from your bank. Yeah, bludges. Bludges. Yeah, bastards. well, it just it, it just sort of proves... Be alert, be alarmed. You've got, you got to be really... I, I don't think... Don't consider if it's going to happen to you. Just have the attitude of when it's going to happen to you. Yeah. Just just have... Be very careful. And also, don't be ashamed if you do get scammed. Report it to scamwatch.gov.au. And tell your friends yeah. about all the scams you get because, you know, yeah. word of mouth is going to help us basically let everyone know that this rubbish is but going on. Especially at this time of year where you know, you're dealing perhaps with the tax office. If you get any kind of communication from the ATO and you're not sure whether it's real, call them. Or Ring log them into MyGov. There'll yeah. be so a, a notice them. there. Yeah. So, But also to have security software on your computer, Yep. very important. Look for, it, like, often, too, phishing emails are trying to, phishing emails imitating the ATO, the post office, you know, TNT or whatever it is. Be very careful about those as well. So look for the signs. The sign of a, of a phishing email is that they don't address you by name. Yep. They say, dear sir, dear madam, or whatever. They also, sometimes the text is written in someone, by someone whose English is in their first language. So there it's might English. be gra- grammatical errors and little things like that that are giveaways. But also the address too. Just have a look at the address of the email. It's normally gobbledygook, this big long email. Mm. It might say Australia Post or Commonwealth Bank. But if you hover over it, it'll, it'll look a little bit suspect. So that's another sign as well. But also to make sure you know what your tax status is. Know that okay, I'm, I'm under audit. Under audit. But just if that that's that's <laughs> like knowledge is power. If you know that you're not being investigated by the ATO, yep. and someone says you are, you can say, yeah, whatever, mate. Yeah. If I get a call, I'm like, you're not Darius, mate. He's my man. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> and uh, if you're filing your taxes online, use a secure Wi-Fi connection or a VPN. Well, so you don't want someone snooping on a free network at all your stuff. Yeah, your tax file numbers are important. Yeah, Again, this um, happens. Identity yeah. validator. There you go. All right, check out all the details at techguide.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec.
And that's a wrap. We'll uh, be back again next week with another episode of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Arlo. We appreciate their support and we hope you continue to support them. Check out those sales from Netgear and I've seen a lot of Arlo products available on sale. They're at Prime Day, but also JB Hi-Fi, yep. Harvey Norman. Check them out and a financial year. Shop around, get yourself some home security and improve your Wi-Fi network. As simple Absolutely. as that. Absolutely. Back again next week. See you then, Stephen. Bye-bye. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech.